0: This is Full Circle, looking back at the beginnings of today's contemporary Christian music. Now, Now, here's your host, Jerry Bryant.
1: Hi everybody, this is Jerry Bryant, and welcome to another edition of Full Circle, the classic Jesus Music Radio Show, bringing you back to where it all began. Now on this episode, I have a very special guest, Mr. Terry Scott-Taylor. Terry is the founding member of one of the most eclectic Christian bands around who have gone through more musical metamorphoses than any band I know of. That includes secular as well as Christian. Of course, I'm speaking of Daniel Amos. No, that's not the name of someone. Rather, it's an amalgamation of two radical Old Testament prophets who spoke out boldly despite fierce opposition from the people of their day. The band started out as a country rock outfit morphing into a beatlesk rock new wave alternative rock and just plain silly stuff thrown in for fun terry also found the time to form two side bands the swirling eddies in 1988 and the lost dogs in 1992 as well as some solo efforts in producing other bands as well today all three configurations still exist whenever Terry has the mind to round up the various members of the group and record or tour. And you'll be hearing from this modern-day prophet on this episode of Full Circle. But first, some very early Terry Taylor and Daniel Amos and the Father's Arms.
2: Come to the
1: where I want to be in the father's arms. Terry Taylor and Daniel Amos on Full Circle. And recently I found myself at a Lost Dogs concert in Smyrna, Tennessee. And after the show, snagged a few minutes with the man himself, Terry Taylor. And I asked him how he came to know the Lord.
3: Well, when when I Got out of high school, I sort of went on a, a sort of spiritual quest to find some sort of truth. I, I saw a lot of my friends burning out with, you know, drugs, and it was a, you know, it was a time of experimenting and the whole thing. And I thought, well, you know, and I, I did a little bit of that, but I, I really wanted to sort of find that, you know, what some would call natural high. You know, I'm really sound like a dinosaur now, but. Uh, that's what I wanted to do. So I sort of experimented with that. I, I looked, at, you know, I looked into everything from Baha- the Bahai faith or Rosicrucianism to Scientology, which I did get into for a while. And so then I had a friend that had kind of, kind of got burned out, one of one of the casualties of the '60s. And I then I heard he become a Christian. I thought, oh, what's that about? You know? And, he, and and he wanted to get together with me. And I hadn't seen him for years, and he was one of my best friends in high school. But I thought, oh man, this is going to be heavy. This guy's going to have a, you know, he's going to have an eighty-five pound Bible and a suit, you know. And it was just my friend, and he just told me a real simple message about Jesus. And you know, I'd been in, I'd been in Sunday school. I'd gone to church off and on, uh, but this is the first time it had become a personal, a very personal thing. And it was about the time I was sort of disillusioned with, uh, with Scientology. And uh, so it was this sort of uh, synchronistic. Situation, and uh, and one night, uh, and it's it's too involved to go into detail. But one night in my bedroom, I had an encounter with Christ, and it changed my life. And I had been in a number of bands in high school, and I didn't know anything about Jesus music. I didn't know what was going on anywhere. I just thought, you know, I, I write these songs. I'm going to start writing about what's happening.
2: With the yes, William. The kids were curled but, Oh, I saw something different in you. The impression you made with the seed in me that began to grow when I first believed. Oh, William, on the street, him singing testifying, and they called him preacher. I was there. William, the kids were cruel, but oh, I saw something different in you The impression you made with the seed in me That began to grow and I you're weird, but I'm sure you forgave me even then So I love you, William, like my best friend Yes, William, the kids were cruel, but I saw something different in you The impression you made put the seed in me And began to grow when I first believed
1: William, from Daniel Amos' self-titled debut album. And on this episode, I have the founder and leader of the group, Terry Taylor. You may have just tuned in and wondered what this is all about. Well, this is Classic Jesus Music, the beginning of today's contemporary Christian music. And we're going back to where it all began. Now, if you enjoy going back through the annals of time, why not check out my website for all my past shows? You can simply go to www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. That's fullcirclejesusmusic.com, and go up into the playlist section. You'll find all of the past Full Circle shows that we've recorded and uploaded for your listening pleasure. And if you'd like to, you can actually subscribe to a free download Come right into your iPod every week when we do a new show. So go to www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com Like I said, I recently had a chance to sit down and talk with Terry Taylor. And I asked him how that whole Daniel Amos thing got started. And he proceeded to go down memory lane and share this story with me. Full Circle Full Circle
3: well, I got involved with uh, Christian World Liberation Front up in Berkeley, which is a pretty heavy situation. We'd take our little trio go up, go up there in front of Sproul Hall when there's you know uh, kids carrying around Viet Cong flags and the and the and they send the cops out in riot gear and stuff. And we had one guy in the band play bongos, and he's run uh, in order to find him, I had to look for his bongo that he was holding up over his head. And so it was a wild time. But somebody at that point gave me a love song record. That was my first exposure to... I'm just out on my own. I don't know anything about any... I'd never heard of Larry. I never knew about Randy. Didn't know anything. And somebody handed me this love song record, and I popped that baby on, and it was like, you mean there's a a band that sounds like some of the bands that I loved then and still do, Beach Boys, uh, Beatles, the whole thing, and they're doing incredible music, this is a great recording, pretty cool artwork, and they're Christians. I mean, the light just went on, you know, it was like, this is it. This is, because I love the band thing. I loved it much more than like doing a solo thing. I, I love working with people. And I thought, I can do this. And then before long, I heard about my folks and my brother and stuff who were back down in Southern California. They started telling me about this thing that was going on at Calvary Chapel. And so I wound up at the San Jose Hotline brought in love song the hotline brought in love song to play at the sounds i state brought them in and all the people down at the hotline were saying terry you got to play you got to play chuck at least chuck gerard you got to play him one of your songs i said i'm not going to do that i'm too embarrassed i don't want to do that so they said you got to at least mention you know and just, they were bugging me and so they so love song was down there getting their getting their uh sound check and chuck comes off the stage, and i i said chuck I, I, you know the Believe me, I don't want to do this, but my, the people I work with at the hotline, they said, uh, they wanted me to ask you if I could play a song at some point. He goes, well, I, I'm busy right now, brother. He says, but come, you know, he says, come back, you know. And so I, I come back later. I got my guitar and uh, he's walking around. He sees me and, and he says, uh, you still want me to play me that song? And I said, sure. He says, well, well, come on, come back this way. I go back, he opens the door, and it's everybody in love songs sitting in there with Phil Kagi Tommy Coombs, all, the whole crew. And he says, Terry here's gonna play you guys a song. I mean, you talk about a setup. And it was Ain't Gonna Fight It. And that was the first Daniel Amos recording that we did. And from there, we and then we went a recording, Ain't Gonna Fight It, and from there, you know, uh, we're still going in some in some ways.
2: No, I ain't gonna fight it, his Spirit. Is taking me there I cannot doubt That love is in the air Surrender my will To the one Who's calling my name They tell me once Your heart's there You'll never be the same I hear music and laughter Just outside of my door This time it's just a little louder than before I hear Jesus making promises that I must now claim They tell me once your heart's there You'll never be the same Take me, Lord With my mind on hope My heart My soul in faith I take the step That time cannot erase Stepping into the sunshine out of the falling rain, they tell me once your heart's there, you'll never be the same. Oh pieces got its grip on me, it's drawing me.
1: Ain't gonna fight it, a sweet ballad from Daniel Amos from the Maranatha Five Sampler album, produced by Tom Stipe, a veteran Calvary Chapel Jesus musician who was a member of Country Faith, Wing and a Prayer, and later the Richie Furay band. Let's continue our conversation with Terry Taylor from the groundbreaking Jesus music group Daniel Amos. Now, the band was comprised of Jerry Chamberlain, Marty Dickmeyer, Mark Cook, Ed McTaggart, and Alex McDougall, and of course, we discussed the first two albums they recorded with Maranatha Music.
3: Well, I, I think what happened was, and I've, I've told this story before, but I think one of the things that happened was, is, is when we first started as Daniel Amos, we were... Really throwing songs together. I mean, we we we, there were the the minute we played, there was started become this demand for us to play, and it was Bible studies and things like that. But we had to learn, we had to quickly learn a set. Somebody wants to play for an hour, oh, we only got a half an hour, so we were throwing all these little three chord simple country songs. But my vision from the very beginning, and and I will say that we did our first record a little before we were really ready to do that record. We didn't even have a drummer. Uh, we, we used some studio people. All, all the guys in the band played on the record, but we brought in some other people for that thing. So Shotgun Angel was really more of where we wanted to be musically. And why I say that is that Shotgun Angel is very eclectic and it, there's there's a little bit of country, there's a little bit there's rock and roll on it, That you know, there's all kinds of styles on it. And that was always my vision because my influence were the, were the Beatles. I, I liked where they were, you, you know, they could, they could play while my guitar gently weeps and then go and play when I'm 64. And that really, you know, pushed my buttons. And that's what I wanted to do with Daniel Amos. So I think Shotgun Angel was much more representative. And uh, with Shotgun and Angel, what we were essentially telling to our listeners was, you're going to be surprised. We're going to take you a lot of different places. We hope you'll come along with us. Some of them, some didn't want to come along after a while. They thought it was a little too weird. But uh, nevertheless, it was, It was. was. Uh, that's the kind of... Um, kind of support and friends that we've had through the years, people that, that say you always surprise me. And that's good to keep people on their toes musically because when you keep them on, on their toes musically, then they're then they're lending an ear to the deeper things that are going on. Which is, you know, the the idea of it all.
1: Well let's follow Terry's invitation and go along for a ride on the vehicle he calls Daniel Amos. We'll have to sit in the back seat of course because Terry's driving And an angel is already called Shotgun.
0: Well I've been driving all night and I know I'm getting tired but I haven't got far to go. Think I'll push this southbound 18, get a little further on down the road. I've been driving like a fool, dodging all the truck stops, trying hard to make it home. I gotta put the hammer down, drive it in the ground. Think I'm going crazy just from driving alone. Well, my eyes are getting heavy and I ran out of vitamin six or seven hours ago. So I thought I'd try to raise me a northbound Jimmy on the CV. Said, I'm gonna lay it on you Where the rubber meets the road It's so the Lord talking to you on your radio Was the voice of Jesus And I've heard him say hey, Got an angel riding shotgun And he's riding with you all truck left the ground Well I thought that I was dreaming but the Lord was talking to me really laying the gospel down I was praying and repenting, laughing and again I thought my diesel truck was heaven bound But then the angel hit the air brakes and slowed my Jimmy down Made a three point landing about a mile from town it Was the voice of Jesus And I heard him say He's riding shotgun, and he's riding
2: with you all the way, yeah, 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 yeah. all the way. He's riding with you all the way, all the way. He's riding with you all the way, all the way. He's riding with you all the way.
1: The title track to the sophomore release from Daniel Amos, Shotgun Angel. One of the two songs on the album that Terry did not have a hand in writing. It was written by the late Bill Sprouse Jr. The song was inspired by many all-night drives to and from concerts by Bill and his band, The Road Home, in the early 70s. As the band traveled in two old bands, they... Kept each other awake by talking and singing Over the CB radio And the conversations between Bill and his sound technician Mike Shope and drummer Ed McTaggart Became the idea behind this song The band's name, The Road Home Was all too prophetic for Bill When he died soon after After Bill's untimely death At the age of 26 in 1975 Bill Shope dug up an old four-track tape and asked Dom Franco of Maranatha Group's Bethlehem to add pedal steel guitar to the song. The rest is history. For when the guys from Daniel Amos heard it, they decided to record the song and even name their second album after it. The band also enlisted Franco to play the pedal steel and Mike and Ed to add the CB radio voices on the recording. I'll be back with more of the Terry Taylor interview But first, let me give you my mailing address Maybe you've liked this radio show And you've wanted to respond And just never caught the address It's quite simple Info at fullcirclejesusmusic.com That's info at fullcirclejesusmusic.com That's all you have to do I'd love to hear from you Maybe some of your memories If you've ever seen Daniel Amos in concert Or Terry Taylor and the Lost Dogs Why don't you let me know and in weeks ahead, I'll do my best to play some more of the Terry Taylor interview or some of the songs that we didn't get to on this episode. And if you can this week, why not decide to partner with us? We really are appreciating those who have stepped up to the plate and have begun to partner with us for the next episode of Full Circle. When that partnership has formed and you underwrite a show, I'm able to produce another one in the Jesus Solid Rock Studios. If you'd like to know more, write me at info at fullcirclejesusmusic.com. Your gift, whether large or small, is so appreciated. Thank you. Full
0: Full
3: Full Circle. Hi, this is Terry Taylor from Daniel Amos on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant.
1: Hey, this is Jerry Bryant. And if you've just tuned in, my very special guest on this episode of Full Circle is none other than the frontman for Daniel Amos, Dr. Terry Taylor, <laughs> as I used to call him. As Terry pointed out, Shotgun Angel was a very eclectic album. It contains a conceptual rock epic comprising the whole of Side 2, brilliantly creative opus thematically depicting the end times, starting with Vera Schiff, Overture on throughout various Revelation themes and culminating in the Second Coming, where believers are met by a posse in the sky. In 1986, Frontline Records produced a reworking of the popular side two of the band's 1977 album, Shotgun Angel, called The Revelation. It included narrations between the songs by Calvary Chapel pastor Chuck Smith, reading from the Book of Revelation, I asked Terry about this project, and well, here's what he had to say about it. Full circle. Full circle.
3: Well, I mean, when you start talking about Revelation, I mean, when I was a, when I was a young Christian and reading it, you know, first of all, I was just the thought that there was a special blessing for anyone who read it. You know, it was just like, man, that taps. When you're a young person, and, you know, I, I I loved science fiction. I, you know, I, you know, I, I loved to read. I loved fantasy, all this sort of. Thing. And for that sort of. Uh, vibe to come from the actual word of god which is which is not a fairy tale but is a promise to us of of reading a book and god promises you a blessing that's pretty heavy and then you get into the stuff you know the the locust like guys and all that you know that 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 imagery that you go go with and then and then of course when when chuck started getting into sort of the you know talking about the poss- the different possibilities of, of how, uh, you know, where the world could be at a a certain point, like the perfect storm when Christ comes back. That's all, I mean, that is heady stuff. And uh, we just thought, well, musically, we can take that and give it legs, you know, give it some, uh, take the message of of Revelation, which is, you know, come soon, you know, come quickly, Jesus thing, and, and, and do it in song and make it really intriguing and not so sort of surfacey and simplistic and i think i think we accomplished that and and that was a big record for us there it was it was uh, people really were fascinated by it and uh and we loved recording i mean it was a a pretty complicated project and there was an orchestration and all kinds of things and we did it in pieces and when that thing was finally kind of strung together uh, all the tapes sliced spliced together and we sat down in the studio for the first time to hear it i mean it brought a lump to the throat, you know, tears to the eyes, because we, we knew we were doing something really special, but it wasn't until that whole thing was put together that it really uh, hit us that, uh, that we'd musically really accomplished something there, and God had really blessed us with that.
4: And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and His wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And He saith unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And He saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I saw heaven open, and behold a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth Press of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords.
2: coming down I see in the sky surely coming down I see in the sky surely coming Shall look upon him whom they have pierced. And they shall.
1: Posse in the Sky, from the Daniel Amos Project, The Revelation, with Calvary Chapel pastor Chuck Smith doing the reading from the book of Revelation, chapter 19, verse 6 through 16. Now, the band's next album was one we waited for almost three years to come out. D.A. had almost completely abandoned the country sound of their first record, by the late 1977 and 1978 when the album Horrendous Disc was recorded with co-producer Mike Stone. By this time the band had added my good friend percussionist Alex McDougall and the band was dropped by Maranatha Music after the label decided to quit releasing rock and roll albums and focus on children's releases and the new praise style of gospel music. So the band now without a record contract, began to shop the project around to various labels. Word Records bought the tapes from Maranatha, and Larry Norman's Solid Rock Records, home to such artists as Randy Stonehill, Tom Howard, Mark Hurd, and others, leased the recordings from Word. Larry had the album mixed and took photos of the band for the album's cover. In July of 1979, he released a test pressing. With a different track listing and slightly different mix, and this pressing was distributed to reviewers and extra copies taken on tour. Some of the songs from the album, like "Hound of Heaven," were being performed by the Van in concert as early as 1977. Aside from live performances, music from the test pressing version of the album was first heard by the public on the Rock and Religion radio show on January 20th, 1980 and several tracks were played, and the band was interviewed about what they had hoped would be their soon-to-be-released album. For reasons that are too involved to go into, the album was shelved by Solid Rock until its long-overdue release in April of 1981. I asked Terry his feelings about the project and also about the documentary movie that focuses on the late Larry Norman.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, there are many... Th- I think of many things when you bring up that the subject. One is concerning the film. I was a, a little bit taken aback that the film was released so soon after Larry's death. I didn't think that, that was a good thing, and I wish I could could have made more of the point that that my sense of who Larry is is that he was a human being with great attributes and a lot of faults, just like me. All right. So I think that what happens if you, when you have sycophants, and we all do, some people just are just, you know, worshiping at the altar. Then you have that end of things where uh, a person can do, do no wrong; everything they've ever done is is motivated by pure, you know, pure motives, pure thoughts. Or you, or you, you say they're depraved, and there's, you know, there's nothing, nothing good about them. I, th- I think that all of us have all of that in us, but we're neither one or the other. I think Larry was that person and and Larry was a great, obviously a pioneer and a a great influence and simply that record was just, there there were different reasons that record was held back and that will always be in contention but uh, I feel like um, I don't really know the answer to whether that record was released when it should have been released. I mean, if you look at it as God's sovereign, you you could say, well, you know, it's all it's all good in in some ways. What I will say is, I wish that I had personally handled situation with Larry differently. I wish I had been more gracious. I wish I had prayed for the man more. I you know all of these things. So, I was a pretty young guy, and you know, you learn you learn from these experiences. I think that horrendous disc in some ways I you know i may be in some minority here but i think horrendous disc is overrated i i, I think to me when i listen to the record I, I see it as a group that was kind of moving forward but still sort of stumbling a little bit trying to find its musical legs i think it's derivative uh to a painful extent for me on some level but i still think it's a good record i think we went on to do better but uh you know i think it's probably I think it looms large in people's minds. It's probably because of the controversy, and it is a good record, and it was different for its time. But um, I'm not—I'm not a guy that likes to go home and spin that thing every time I get a chance to do it.
1: Well, Terry might not like to spin this record very often, but here's Daniel Amos with the kickoff track entitled "I Love You," number nineteen. <laughs> Daniel Amos, and I Love You number 19 on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. In 1981, just two weeks after the release of the long-delayed Horrendous Disc, the band released on New Pax Records an album called Alarma. <laughs> this one took a decidedly new wave direction along the lines of Elvis Costello, Devo, and the Talking Heads. Lyrically, the album contained social commentary so harsh that the CCM magazine described it as perhaps the most scathing lyrics ever put out on a Christian label. Alarma was the first of a four-part series of albums by Daniel Amos entitled The Alarma Chronicles, which also included the albums Doppelganger, Vox Humana, and Fearful Symmetry. I asked Terry about the project and here are some of his
3: thoughts. Well, I think Alarma, first of all, musically, sonically speaking, we, were, we had been so pummeled by the experience with Horrendous Disc that it became a four-piece at that time. And so we sort of reconfigured where we were going with things. And again, we were, you know, we were a band that was able to sort of uh, go in different directions. And again, my, my, musically speaking, it would have been, you know, like I said, it was the, it was the Beatles that, that influenced me most musically. And so I think Alarma was just a, a move towards a, another direction. It was still Daniel Amos, but it was moved towards a, another direction. And plus, I think that after the experience at Solid Rock and just life's experiences, it was time uh, not only to move on musically, which I didn't feel my calling was to become a youth pastor. I think I, th- I think my calling is still due, is to be a singer-songwriter. And um, that is my calling. So... So I was in it for the long for the long haul. As far as the weightier issues, I think what happens is is you, you experience a certain liberation and joy in your first walk with the Lord. And then then you then things begin to happen. Things like illness or death in the family. And these things can come in, and unless you've been equipped to face them, it doesn't fit into your narrow idea of you know, God has a wonderful plan for your life. Well, yes, but what does that mean? It's rich, it's deep, but there there's not only joy and gladness and, and, and all those things, but there, there, there is loss and tragedy and hurt and all these things go into uh, forming the image of Christ in us. And that's the thing that I wasn't quite warned about in my early life. You just had this idealized, God is with me and everything, I'm trucking for Jesus, you know. And there's something true about that. There's always something about that you can be ill-prepared to face the realities of life where God really wants to meet you and meet a circumstance. And so that's what happened to my music was I started experiencing, you know, some pretty heavy things in life. And... I knew God was big enough for my questions or my doubts or my fears, all of those things. And that was the beginning of that dive into deeper waters.
1: of Doubt from Daniel Amos' Alarma. This particular song was covered by the group Jacob's Trouble on their 1992 album of Let the Truth Run Wild album on none other than the Alarma record label that was started by Terry Taylor ten years earlier. We're almost to the end of our time together on Full Circle. I've had a great time talking with Jesus Music veteran Terry Taylor. And the last thing we talked about was the side band that he formed in 1990 called the Lost Dogs. It could be considered Christian Rock's supergroup, made up of Terry Taylor, Derry Doherty from the choir, Mike Rowe from the 77s, and the late Gene Eugene from Adam Again. And I think I have time for just one Lost Dogs song. This featured song was originally on their debut release, but they redid the song for their 1996 Green Room Serenade album. The Green Room was the recording studio that Gene Eugene had and subsequently where he passed away when he went on to be with the Lord. The song is one of the band's most popular. It has four verses in which they each take a turn on the lead vocal with Derry on the first verse, then Terry, then Gene, and lastly Mike. So, here's the Lost Dogs telling everybody, everywhere, to breathe deep the breath of God. Politicians,
2: morticians, Philistines, homophobes, skinheads, deadheads, tax evaders, street kids, alcoholics, workaholics, wise guys, dimwits, blue collars, white collars, warmongers,
0: peace nicks. Breathe deep, breathe deep the breath of God. Breathe deep. Breathe deep, the breath of God. Suicidals, rock-outles, shut-ins, drop
2: friendless, homeless, penniless, and depressed. Presidents, residents, foreigners and aliens, dissidents, feminists, and chauvinists. Breathe deep, breathe deep, the breath of God. Breathe Breathe deep the breath of God. Evolutionists, creationists, perverts, slumlords, deadbeats, athletes, Protestants and Catholics, housewives, neophytes, pro-choice, pro-life, misogynists, monogamists, philanthropists, blacks and whites, breathe deep, breathe deep the breath of God. Breath of God Holy sobies, lawyers and governments Sex offenders, tax collectors, war vets, rejects Atheists, scientists, racists, sadists Photographers, biographers, artists, pornographers Breathe deep, breathe deep the breath of God Breathe deep, breathe deep the breath of Disabled preachers, doctors, and teachers, meat eaters, wife beaters, judges, and juries, long hair, no hair. Everybody, everywhere, breathe deep, deep, deep the breath.
1: Every breath comes from the Father above, so breathe deep. You can check out my guest Terry Taylor and the Lost Dogs at their website and get hold of their latest release, Old Angel. Go to www.danielamos.com. That's danielamos.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep your eyes to the sky and let your light shine. This is Jerry Bryant. Full Circle is recorded in the Jesus Solid Rock Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. Written by Russell Baum and engineered by Jeff Kane. Full Circle is a JSR production.
0: This is Full Circle.